Good morning. You're listening to 88.7 FM Radio Hofstra University, broadcasting live from the Richard Philip Cavallero Studio South. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Hofstra's Morning Wake Up Call, the best edition of Hofstra's Morning Wake Up Call, where we're talking Long Island life, national news, and international issues. I'm your producer, Danny DiGrisenzo, joined by Becca Williams. And today we'll be discussing a lot of things from Big Bird announcing he's vaccinated to the results of a new dating study and, of course, the metaverse. But first and foremost, I hope everyone is having a safe and healthy Veterans Day. And to all who have served our country, including my very own grandpa and papa, thank you. Becca, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well this morning. I'll also extend my thanks to all of our veterans who have served. This is, you know, their day to be remembered and celebrated. So thank you for that. I'm pretty pumped for uh, all the stuff we're going to be talking about today, especially Big Bird story, which I thought was really funny. I saw it in there and I texted Danny immediately. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's such, we have such a good slate today. But before we get into things, I got to say, I'm just surrounded by girl bosses this morning because we're going <laughs> to open the show proper with our very own personnel director here at WRHU, Rachel Lucier, to talk about a Yay. feature she put together about her experience visiting a service dog facility. Rachel, it's so awesome to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's awesome to talk about this uh, with, with both you and Becca. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so give us an overview. You said you went to this service dog facility called Canine Companions. Can you give us a little overview about that? Yes, so it's in Medford, New York. I went last week. It was super cool. So basically their, their mission is to uh, give service dogs to people with auditory or PTSD issues. Um, so it's not like the type of dogs that help you cross the street. It's more um, comfort dogs. And if you're um, visually impaired, you have a problem hearing, those dogs are here for you. And it's fitting that it is Veterans Day because many veterans suffer from PTSD. So what I learned when I went to the facility is that these dogs have a strong effect on people with PTSD because I was kind of wondering, I was like, how can a dog like help with PTSD symptoms and trauma. But if someone is afraid of the dark, the dog will go in the house and turn on every light for you. Um, another symptom of PTSD is people feel like you're gonna get attacked from behind even though nobody's there. And they know that, but they have the strong feeling someone's gonna attack them. The dog will come up behind you and rub against the back of your legs to like tell you it's okay. And even other symptoms, like if you put your, um, your head in your hands or if you're kind of having a nervous tick, the dog will come over and comfort you. So I learned a lot at this dog facility. It was really fun to be there. We met some great volunteers and employees and this, this organization is completely donation-based. So they get no money from the government. Um, it's a really, really good cause and it was great to uh, meet everyone there and even meet the dogs. And I spoke to a dog, I interviewed a dog and <laughs> 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 yeah. his name was Zeus and he bit into the microphone like it was a ball, but uh, he, still, he still gave some great answers, some good barks <laughs> at the end of this feature. <laughs> Oh my God, I can't wait to hear Zeus's point of view on everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he had so much to say. He had some good points. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you say we uh, give it a listen, everybody? Yeah. This is Rachel's package. All right, let's go. Zeus, get. Good boy. Good job, buddy. That's the sound of Zeus, a service dog being trained to pick up a cell phone. I'm at the northeast location of Canine Companions here in Medford, New York, where assistance dogs are trained to help those with disabilities. Program director Ellen Torp explains the many ways their dogs enhance the lives of those who are disabled. Dogs are trained to do a huge variety of tasks, and in part it depends on the category of placement they're going to. A dog that's going to be trained to help someone that's deaf is a dog that's going to 
react to a sound, and then go alert their person. A different type of dog might be trained as a service dog, and that service dog might do things like turn lights on and off that someone can't reach, pick things up they've dropped. Some of the dogs are trained to even pull a lightweight manual wheelchair. Torp says any dog in a healthy relationship with its family creates a warm and welcoming environment. But service dogs are unique as they provide emotional and physical support. They're taught to do very complicated tasks and they're taught to ignore the public, but they're still dogs. So they provide that kind of unconditional love and support and happiness that any other dog would provide. Canine Companions is a leader of the service dog industry and qualified recipients can take their dogs home free of charge. The puppies are matched with applicants as they take on a training course together. Apprentice instructor Jenna Perino says the process is the best part. The most rewarding part is seeing the matches. You know, a lot of work and uh, dedication goes into these guys from everyone in the organization and everyone who raised them and that's really the moment where it uh, pays off. Alexis Dowling is just one of the passionate employees at Canine Companions. As an apprentice instructor, she has a message for people who come across service dogs in public. I want people to know that service dogs really do help people who have them and you know to be mindful and not distract those dogs. They are working. These are people's mobility access. Dowling was inspired to get involved in the organization after seeing the bond her cousin formed with his service dog from Canine Companions back in 2014. Having a passion for both animals and human connection, she yes. explains the best part about her job as an instructor. Definitely watching them kind of graduate. I think it's really rewarding watching all the hard work we've put in the past six to eight months and then watching them go home with their forever person. I think that really hits home for me. Betsy Oswald is one of the recipients of a facility dog in the newest graduating class. She explains why she was inspired to join the program. I work at a residential treatment facility for boys with emotional and behavioral struggles and so anytime an animal comes around at all there's just a change in their overall demeanor and the more the leadership team at my job talked about it the more it just made sense to, to pursue a facility dog and it's been amazing. Oswald describes her experience in the class and the impact the dog will have. It has been the most amazing experience I have ever had. I, I've cried numerous times because I'm so happy and just so grateful um, to have gotten this dog. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the lives of the boys, and it already has changed mine. The October 2021 graduation ceremony at the Miller Family Campus took place recently to celebrate a successful and complete training class. I would like to take this time to thank all of the puppy raisers, volunteers and donors. These new teams would not be possible without all of your love and dedication, time and effort. Thank you for all that you do. Development Director at Canine Companions, Don Alvarado, describes what it's like at graduation watching these dogs go home with the people they will serve for a lifetime. Overwhelming on every level. Just emotional, emotional, emotional and, and there's just love and, and just perfection, um, just moving forward with their lives and looking towards something when they leave these doors, something much better for all of them as a team. Reporting from Medford, New York, I'm Rachel Lusher. But before I go, let's hear how Zeus feels about helping others. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. 
For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hofstra's Morning Wake-Up Call. Morning Wake-Up Call. And we are back. Big thank you to Rachel Luzier for that wonderful package about canine companions. I It was adorable, Becca. It really was. I loved it. I loved Zeus's little take at the end, his little bark. So <laughs> insightful, so inspiring. But something that is also very inspiring, my favorite my favorite Disney movie, Enchanted, is going to be on Disney Plus <laughs> on Friday as part of Disney Plus Day. I This isn't really a story. This is more of a breaking update. I am <laughs> so happy. I am literally ecstatic. If Becca could see my smile, she'd be scared yeah, how hard I'm smiling right now <laughs> because I love that movie. I was about to say, I wish that everyone could see your face right now because even though I can't see under your mask, obviously... Just the rest of your face is so lit up talking about uh, yes, Enchanted. Yes, Amy Adams is my celebrity crush, and Enchanted is one of those few Disney movies where every song is good. Every song, there's no dud. It's such Danny's very passionate about this. Enchanted is a good movie, though. It's a great like movie. It. It's a great movie. Okay. It's so underrated because, okay. oh, it's live action or whatever. No. James Marsden is in it. Which one is James Marsden? You don't know who that is? Which one is it? That's the, the main guy, the prince? Yeah, the prince. Okay. Yeah. He's cool. It's it's just I, I like the chipmunk. Yes. Yes. He's funny. <laughs> Chip. I think that's his name. <laughs> it'll make sense. like an enchanted super fan. Of course I am. <laughs> They're making another one and it's gonna come out soon. They're making and, another one. Yes, like called Disenchanted. Well. Um, I think it's gonna go just well back. Just fine back. I don't know I don't why know. you're being well, such are a they hater. Gonna have <laughs> yeah, they have everyone, they're bringing everybody back. Yes. Hmm. It's I'm not skeptical. some straight to TV garbage sequel <laughs> it's coming out in theaters we'll see we'll see what is it gonna be called disenchanted oh yeah i know right little ominous title there i don't know i'm just so excited i'm so happy i'm definitely gonna watch it tomorrow like i'm gonna get home after i help out with the long island nets game here wrhu and then i'm gonna just watch it wait why is tomorrow called disney plus day because they're releasing a ton of stuff on disney plus really yeah i don't know the specific i mean i only care about one thing so obviously yeah obviously <laughs> so that's the breaking news that is this music to my ears literally <laughs> Very, I, i've been listening to the soundtrack a lot at in the excitement for it yeah i can tell <laughs> i can't hold excited. back my jubilation <laughs> okay i need to calm down <laughs> take a breath, take a breath. <sighs> i need to calm down <laughs> Danny's thinking about Amy Adams. Of course I am. <laughs> um, you know what I watched with her? I watched uh, Hidden... No, Nocturnal Animals. Oh, never heard of it. It's her and Jay Gyllenhaal. Very um, disturbing movie, but also very yeah, good. Yeah, I feel like a lot of stuff that Jake Gyllenhaal is in is disturbing. Yeah, except for Spider-Man. I mean, he was Mysterio. Quentin Beck. Well, I don't know. He's like He just has that kind of face... Where anything that he plays is like creepy. Mm, he's a pretty. He has a creepy face. I don't think he has a creepy face. Yeah, a I think bit. when he doesn't have a beard, it's kind of creepy. Agree to disagree. Okay, whatever. <laughs> well, we have. Okay, so my smile's probably not going to go away because we have a very funny story to talk about to start. So, Big Bird, you know, from Sesame Street, guys, he's vaccinated. <laughs> he's officially, canonically vaccinated for COVID 19. He announced it on Twitter in a message that reads, quote, I got the COVID-19 vaccine today. My wing is feeling a little sore, <laughs> but it'll give my body an extra protective boost that keeps me and others healthy. 
said the eight foot two inch Muppet. <laughs> so, um, Big Bird is actually six years old. Did you know this? Yes, I did. Canonically six years old, which is timely. Elmo is like three. Yeah. They are not. I'm familiar. Yeah. Trust me. With oh, the Sesame you, Street lore. Yo, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, you know all the lore. <laughs> well, it's timely given the fact that vaccines have been approved for children ages 5 to 11. But there's a, there's a minority of people not happy about this, Becca. Can I you take can't a wild, say that I'm surprised. Can you take a wild guess who that is? <laughs> yes, it is Republican politicians and pundits who are anything but overjoyed. Ted Cruz called the announcement, quote-unquote, government propaganda. Congressional candidate in Tennessee, a, a congr- um, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Robbie Starbuck, a congressional candidate in Tennessee, Great name. Your, your home state, yeah, um, even joked about Big Bird dying from the shot, tweeting, seven days later, Big Blood Clot Bird is served. And Lisa Booth oh of Fox News God. called it brainwashing. But can we just go back to Robbie Starbuck? <laughs> <laughs> joking about Big Bird dying. <laughs> oh also, Big God. Bird was the... It's fitting that Big Bird got the shot because Big Bird was the first character on Sesame Street to actually talk about vaccines way back in the day, before my time and your time, obviously. Um, what are your reactions to this? <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing. Oh, and by the way, there is now a parody account, right, that's trolling Ted Cruz that has Big Bird running for his senate seat <laughs> and i definitely know bert is behind that bert he's the pr manager oh my gosh well okay not even talking about why they would be putting this on tv because i want to get into that a little bit later but i want to talk about the republican reaction yes, first please please do um, <laughs> i just think that it's a little entertaining um that this is thought to be like government propaganda, brainwashing, all that kind of stuff. Because like, you know, you can just—it's just on TV. Like, you can just turn it off if you don't want to watch it. Is how I feel about it. Also, I'm a little disappointed in my Tennessee representation here, Ooh. Danny. Yeah, <laughs> I knew <laughs> I had to Starbuck throw that. I, I knew I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I knew I had. When I saw Tennessee go. But also, why? It's it's <coughs> Big Bird. You can't joke about Big Bird dying. Exactly. He's immortal for one. Doesn't age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For two, he's beloved by so many people. I feel like there's a line. You can't cross the line yeah. of joking about Big Bird dying. That's I a, take this very seriously. It's a big line. <laughs> and you cannot cross it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that this was the reaction that we saw from this group of people. Uh, I think they're really, they're really concerned with how media presents things to children. Um, and specifically like this. And then of course we always have the issue with gay representation in media about brainwashing children with that sort of stuff. Um, and then like, you know, teaching critical race theory. It's always, not always, but they have a big issue with pushing propaganda on the children and like quote brainwashing them. So I'm not surprised at all that they had an issue with this. Um, but I mean, it's up to the parent what they want to show their child if they want to let them watch Sesame Street and talk about vaccinations then you know I don't I would not call that brainwashing <laughs> yeah and also the two issues you mentioned infinitely more complex yes well, than absolutely. a vac- than a vaccine yeah. that is proven to work 
right? Yeah. It's it's almost it's almost a matter of why are you so pressed about it to use a colloquial term why are you so pressed right <laughs> because i'm sure they're like it's up to the parent you're right it's up yeah. to the parent or guardian right mm -hmm. it, to even see it or even take their kids to get vaccinated so you can't call it brainwashing what's the kid is the kid going to watch big bird talk about getting the shot and then turn to a, to a mindless drone <laughs> begging to get vaccinated give me a shot give me a shot it's it's not something where there's a there's a pro and a con yeah the, there's an there's only a benefit for people to get vaccinated so i don't know why like i get their angle i see their angle where it's oh we want to make sure there's no anything not anything forced on our children whatever because they're all you know that's the first amendment crowd which their interpretation of the first amendment is skewed i've talked about that on the show in the past but the point is this is not an opinion issue this is backed by science I'm sure they would say the same thing if they talked about global warming. Yeah. Even though global warming is backed by science and the scientific. There's literally an article on Wikipedia called The Scientific Consensus on Global Warming, and it lists people who believe it and don't believe it. Like public officials yes, believe yes, it and don't believe it? Yes, yes, That's interesting. Because whenever you, you, never, you never read a bio of a politician, it says they, they either reject or accept the scientific consensus on climate change. It's gotten to the point where it's like you believe in the truth or you don't believe in the truth. Danny's going in today. <laughs> I'm not going in on anybody. I'm just saying that this issue is not, this is not, Republicans love to talk about race, right? Or mm -hmm. critical race theory. This is, this, the vaccine thing is not a black or white issue. Yeah, no, it's not. I was just comparing it to that because they're focused on, you no, know, no, it's the a good way comparison. that we're teaching it to children. No, it's a good comparison, but I'm just trying to emphasize the fact that it's a vaccine that works, right? Yeah. But then again, well, not everyone believes that it does. I know, but it but it's not controversial to say it does. <laughs> it feels that way, right? It feels weird to say it definitely works, right? Because you never, you feel, you're like, oh, here you go. I'm putting all my, ch all my chips on that opinion, right? But yeah. it's not an opinion, it's a truth. It works. So I'm not being, uh, I'm not apologizing for saying the vaccine works. <laughs> I'm not asking And Big you Bird to. should not apologize for getting vaccinated because <laughs> he's setting a good example for kids. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think like a lot of children are scared of getting shots, you know, so maybe seeing My this are. in the media about somebody, a character that they're familiar with or that they like a lot or that they, you know, have been accustomed to seeing say that they got their vaccine and that everything was totally fine with it and even said that um, they'd been getting vaccines since I was a little bird and I had no idea. That was part of the Twitter statement, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because so, of the you know the baby the shots you get as a baby. Yeah, so even saying that is just kind of like reassurance to the kids. Maybe make it a little bit easier uh, for them to get the shot because a lot of kids you know are scared of shots. Yeah, obviously. my brothers are terrified. My, my middle <laughs> brother Tristan one time got his first flu vaccine and he was like, "They're killing me! They're killing me!" <laughs> they had to hold him down in this chair. They had like a special chair for kids who were going to be hostile. And they Hostile? held him in this chair. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a What kind of a doctor did you go to? Normal doctor. It was, oh wait, it wasn't the flu. It was a blood it was getting blood work done. So they Oh, so they were drawing blood. They were drawing blood. Oh yeah, and that's worse. Yeah, well I never had a problem I'm with I'm scared of getting my blood drawn too, so I relate to your little brother. I assert my dominance by looking at them while they take <laughs> the blood out. I got I only got my blood taken one time, uh, and I donated it because I'm so kind like that. Oh wow. <laughs> You want a medal? <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, that's actually yeah. a very that's actually a very noble cause. Bravo. <laughs>
but I like I was like laying down in this chair and I was like I'm gonna pass out I'm gonna pass out and they had to bring me snacks <laughs> that reminds me of an office episode where Michael oh gives blood and he he's like are you done he goes yeah he's like oh that's good I haven't eaten for two days and then he passes out <laughs> Well, I did eat beforehand, yeah, good, good. as everyone should when they're giving blood. But I had to wait for like three hours in line. Um, it was at my high school, mm-hmm. so pretty long time ago, back when I was in high school, my younger days. Wow, that is um, a long time ago. <laughs> You're old. I know. I was ta- I was telling. This is really off topic, but I was telling a story to one of my friends the other day, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I was I was 16, so like five years ago." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. OMG, five years Whoa. ago I was 16. That made me shudder. <laughs> that made me shudder. Sorry that my elderly age made you uncomfortable, Danny. It's all right. <laughs> I'm okay, getting old too. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I see the wrinkles from here. I know. It's bad. <laughs> my best years are behind me. <laughs> um, but getting back to the topic at hand, I also feel like it's kind of hard to work on any kind of media or like tv shows or anything like that and not address COVID, even if it's not realistic just because it's such a big part of our lives right now like um i don't know the new season of shameless just came out on netflix do you watch shameless no (sighs) okay well you should watch it because it's a very good show um i'm a shameless fan so you should watch it you're shamelessly a shameless fan yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) it's a really good show everyone i mean i think a lot of people have seen it i think you're like the odd one out okay but they have all of their characters like in masks it's set in chicago so they have all their characters like in masks and you get to see like how the characters react to the situation of covid like some of them are like anti-maskers and some of them are like you know put your mask on kind of characters but i mean that's neither here nor there it's weird for me to watch shows now that don't address covid like when i am watching shows where people don't have masks on i like i'm weirded out like you know what i mean if you watch older seasons of shows or old old, older movies or anything really any kind of media where they like don't address covid i just I'm not used to, I guess, seeing people without masks on. So when I watch the movies and people don't have their masks on, it, I get like, it's, I, I get confused for a second. I'm I like, don't. What's going on? I love it when they don't really? address COVID. I don't watch TV to get reminded of the real world. Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like it's, it's, we- I mean, at least for me, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but. Probably is. <laughs> Just saying. I feel like it's weird to watch current media that doesn't address or even like acknowledge COVID at all. If you watch sports, doesn't address COVID. Most okay, animated- Well, I don't watch sports, so- uh, well, Okay, I know. But um, <laughs> it's not weird. I find it nor- perfectly normal because I mean, at this point, it's kind of, we're just so used to it that it doesn't even register anymore. I don't know, man. I feel like We're 19 months funny. in. It's about to be two years. Yeah. It's going to be two years. At this point, does it really even come up as a blip in our head anymore? Yes. It does not for me. It does not for me. (laughs) I just do my business and I just don't worry about it because I know I'm. Look, here's my thing. Like a long time ago. Danny's like, I know I'm safe, so I don't really care. (laughs) As long as my family and my friends and myself are safe. 
it's fine. It doesn't bother me. It's the world we live in. If you're mad at the world, you can never be happy. Well, I'm not mad at the world. No, no, I know you're not. I'm, I know you're not, even though you're an old woman. But I'm saying. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> you said you're old. Okay. Well. Okay, but I don't. Need what to I'm saying is, if you're mad, if you're mad at the world over this, you can never be happy about anything, right? Because the world doesn't care. It's a one-way emotional connection. Yeah, but I'm not saying that I or anyone is mad at the world. I'm just saying that like it's so ingrained in our society at this point because it has been happening for so long. Yeah, no, I'm, what we're you're right. To. So I'm saying there's no excuse to have any sort of. I'm I'm arguing for the fact that at this point it shouldn't register. If assuming you've got th- you've gotten through it, okay. For some of us who unfortunately lost family members, friends. It'll always be there. Yeah. But I'm saying for somebody who's been through it and not and come out of it lucky, you know, no one got sick or no one got sick for too long, y- you you move on, I guess. That's just how the way the way it is. Yeah. Well, I did get sick. I did have COVID, but I was okay because I'm vaccinated. Yes. Yeah, just like Big Bird. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder which vaccine which vaccine he got. Mm. All right. I'm going to bet he got, got Johnson and Johnson. No, not Johnson and Johnson. As much as I want to say New Jersey should reign supreme. Um, I'm going to say Pfizer. Yeah, probably. I would think Well, so actually, too. no, it has to be Pfizer because it's the only one. That's the only one that's approved for, yeah. for his age group. So Big Bird is part of Pfizer gang along with me. And me too. Well, you're Pfizer gang? Yeah. Oh, my God. Pfizer. When I got it, when I got it, my friends are like, oh, how are you feeling? And I say, I am I texted them, I'm fine. But I put PF oh my God, instead of just F. Oh, my God, you're so funny, Danny. I know. I'm just so funny, guys. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so funny. The jokes just come to him. How do I live? How do I, how do I go about my day when I'm just so <laughs> darn funny? God, it's a curse. It's Ugh, a curse. It is, it's a curse for me to, to be here with you today. I know. You want to learn something cool? You want to le- just random fun fact before I move on. Want to learn something cool? What's up? Okay. You know the word sheriff? I'm familiar. Okay. I told this to Yao, who's in the office right now, yesterday. Sheriff, where does it come from? In England, right? The Old M- West. No. In medieval <laughs> England, they had these town types of settlements called shires, right? Shires. Yes. Like Lincolnshire, right? Yes. Every shire had a reeve. Sort of like a peacekeeper, law enforcement official, uh-huh. right? Shire Reeve. Shire Reeve. Shire Reeve. Shire Reeve. Shire Reeve. Sheriff. It became a portmanteau of the two words. That's where the word, that's the etymology of the word sheriff. A Shire Reeve over the centuries became sheriff. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Danny. I'm not just funny, I'm smart too. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you know the so word. It's just Danny flexing that he knows like useless. Stuff. Also, you know the word knight or knee. They actually used to be pronounced knight, knee, in me, in old English, but over time well, people old were like English is weird. I know people were like, all right, forget that. We're just gonna call it knight and knee. Boom, or no, cano, no. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be weird. Imagine if we still said that. That'd be weird. You cano. <laughs> It's a mouthful. <laughs> See, that, that's why that's why old English people got rid of it. <laughs> all right, so I'm glad. Not only did you did you was all of our listeners were all our listeners reminded I'm hilarious, mm. but I also give them gave them some fun facts. Wow, I'm sure they'll carry that with them all day. Of course they will. 
but nothing's funnier than this Twitter account that is ru- is pushing Big Bird for senator. <laughs> I like, you know, I just want to so know, funny. you know, I feel like before we move on, just, you know, I wonder what his policy, policy positions are, really. <laughs> what is he? Does Has he, he announced that yet? No. Is he a Democrat, Republican, <laughs> Independent, Libertarian? I don't know. What do you I think? Feel like, I feel like Big Bird would be Independent. Definitely. He's his own type of bird. <laughs> there's no He's political like any other there's no political party with birds as their um not yet mascot not yet unless he founds the third Independence, party get on it independence <laughs> their their uh their party iconography includes an eagle close enough uh, bird noises good good bird noises i actually have ornithophobia fear birds you have fear of birds? Yes. Oh, my God. I do, too. Oh, my God. We're so similar. Both got Pfizer and we're both afraid of birds. Every night at Hofstra, when the birds come, do you know <laughs> what I'm talking about? Yes. Why did that sound so you ominous? You on campus, don't you? Yes. Yeah, you do. So you see it every day, like every night out your window. They always come at, like, sundown and just in waves. There's so many of them. It, like, blacks out the sky. It's so scary. Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock wants in on that action. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah because i was i always was scared of seagulls of seagulls. one time they pooped on my that. ice cream how dare they how dare they <laughs> those avian dinosaurs <laughs> mm. makes me sick i'm scared of them like pecking out my eyes it's a little much they're not gonna do well that. if we're sharing fears danny it's a little extreme. Okay. It's a little extreme. I don't know why you need to shame me for that. I'm not shaming you. I'm just saying it's unrealistic. You don't know that. Pecking out your eyes. That could very much happen. Sure. Just because it, it hasn't happened to you doesn't mean it's never happened. Don't invalidate others' experiences, <laughs> don't Danny. Validate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. That's it. We're moving on. We got way <laughs> off topic, ma- mainly because I just wanted to talk about where I learned that I learned where the word sheriff comes from. That was just a useless tangent. I'm sorry. But yeah. we have but you have a story about Seoul in Korea, so please. Well, take guys, it away. on Monday, the Seoul Metropolitan Government announced that it's going to be the first city entering Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse, which if you haven't heard of the metaverse, it's basically a virtual 3D world that is accessible to citizens through VR headsets, and this was unveiled by Zuckerberg last month in connection to his Facebook company, or I guess Meta now, and all activities can be held in the metaverse with virtual avatars. Seoul plans to use this world to hold meetings with public officials who will be able to be seen with their avatars, allow citizens to attend public events, have virtual tourism options, and much more. The city has already invested around 3.2 billion U.S. dollars into the project as part of the mayor's Seoul Vision 2030 plan. So pretty far into the future. We'll have to wait and see if any other cities begin to follow in Seoul's footsteps and adopt the metaverse as well. So this is a pretty crazy story. I I just I was reading this and I don't know. Have you ever seen Ready Player One? That's one of my favorite movies. It's such a good movie, but it's so scary, and I feel like that's exactly what this is. Yeah. Also, really quick tangent about that movie: the girl, whatever her name is, when she says she's ugly, she's not ugly. (laughs) She just has that thing on her face. Like I was expecting her to 
to be a little like I thought when she made it sound like oh like I'm you don't want to see what I really look like. She's I'm like, insecure. I know she's insecure, but see, I she made me believe like she looked a lot like she had something really messed up about her appearance. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't register to me as insecurity. <laughs> oh no, I got that from Cinema Sins. Well, I'm glad that you shared that. Okay, but back to this story. <laughs> Here's my thing with the metaverse, right? It's a great idea in practice, but it's cool, right? You do things virtually; it can help. But creating a technocratic meritocracy—ooh, big words—is impossible. <laughs> you can't do it because you all know why. Lord Zuckerberg and his private company which is not Facebook anymore, but totally still is Facebook, uh-huh. controls this place. It's not a government thing, right? They yeah. mo- they are the gatekeepers. I am much more interested in the aspects of this thing that monitor things like sewers or waste centers because that's actual good use of technology or using AI to handle public complaints as long as it works. But at the end of the day, a city is a city not a sandbox like Grand Theft Auto, you know, San Andreas, right? The city in the game, San Andreas, is a digital city, right? Mm-hmm. You can just do whatever you want in it. It's cool, whatever. But the real world doesn't work that way. The real world is not a sandbox. There are, there are, thing, there are rules, right? Yeah. There are rules and there are things you have to do. You cannot have that in the real world because the way it's going is a company controls it, not the city. Well, not that companies I companies control everything these days. I me? know, but it's not good. If you want to really do something with the metaverse, I mean, you saw Ready Player One. That yes. one guy, right? He controlled everything. Uh huh. And then good. at the end of the, no, I don't want to spoil it in the movie. Yeah, don't spoil yeah, it. Yeah, um, everybody go watch Ready Player right, One. But it's not a spoiler to say that one guy controls the whole thing. Yeah, that's pretty clear from the beginning. And that. I don't know that would, as a ga- as a player as a gamer that would make me a little uneasy because to know that all of my digital assets are in the hands of this one guy and if I'm really in bad of a shape as the of as Tyler is in the movie that's the main character right Tyler I think T- the main character whatever his name is if I'm really in that bad of a shape in life as him and I know that my real life is at the whim of this one guy I'm I don't want to play because <laughs> I know it could be gone like that. So I don't want to. I don't. Okay, I'm hesitant well, to see. But they're not like playing a game. Okay. Let's it is just, sort of like that. Let though. me talk about some of the things Please. that Seoul Please has planned for their virtual reality. So their traditional New Year's bell is going to ring in 2020, 22. So coming up pretty soon in person and also in the metaverse. And they're planning on having a virtual mayor's office, like business support facilities and services such as tech labs. There's going to be a virtual public service center called Metaverse 120 Center that is going to be meant to provide civil services and consultants through avatars. There's going to be virtual tourist center and the Soul Lantern Festival will be held virtually so that you can participate in person and everyone around the world can put on their little VR headset and check out the Soul Lantern Festival. So, I mean, this is all like, a goal. This is nothing that's 100% happening. Like I said, it's in the 2030 plan, so kind of far in the future. But they are talking about the New Year's bell for 2022. So I'm not quite sure how they're planning on pulling that off uh, because 
I mean, it was in the mayor's announcement when he announced it that that's something that was being planned to be happening. So I guess we're just going to have to wait. Maybe we're going to get another announcement soon about how they're planning on going about that because he wasn't very clear about it in his announcement. So I'm not sure. But uh, they have a lot of things planned. Uh, there's been, you know, the argument that this allows for more accessibility with people with d- disabilities. That's true. Um, and also... You know, obviously with COVID, people are scared of, or not maybe not scared, but a little more cautious of going into large public events. So this is another argument that this could allow more people to attend public events and be, you know, uh, active in the community without exposing themselves to other people who could potentially be sick. Um, and I think we've been building up to this for a while with... AIs, those have already existed, and, you know, VR headset games and social media. And then, of course, Zoom meetings over the pandemic. It's just been getting more and more virtual interaction with everyone. So I think that this, I mean, I'm just, I'm not surprised that this was next, but it's, it is definitely scary. I don't know if you watched uh, Mark Zuckerberg's intro video to this that man scares me but it was crazy um if nobody has watched it i don't know if the whole thing is on youtube but there's clips of it um i mean i don't know if you'd want to watch the whole thing because it's 77 minutes long but there's clips uh and portions of it where basically in this intro video he kind of like shows different things that the metaverse can be used for he shows himself like going through different outfits for his avatar and like going to a business meeting where like the business meeting is really weird and like creepy looking because it looks like i mean they're like um they're like all they all look weird and uh they're they're in this really weird looking room and it looks super like futuristic and kind of like spaceshipy and after that video specifically they're getting a lot of criticisms about it because uh, people were saying that, you know, these are all the Facebook executives or the, I'm sorry, the meta executives. Yes, the meta. Uh, Use the proper term. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, that these are things that, you know, they want and that they're interested in, but they aren't doing a good job at appealing to the average person because what average person is going to be, you know, spending the time and money on this sort of technology and then using it to go to like some weird intense business meeting (laughs) exactly and it can never replace the real thing yeah that's true and that's why i said the real world isn't a sandbox because it's not there are still limits there are rules there are barriers there are boundaries you can't create this world and expect it to be a separate metaverse because it's not accessible to everyone True, it can help people with disabilities and their legitimate uses for public municipal purposes. But not everyone has access to this. Yeah. It'd be different if everyone had it. It's like a phone, right? Like when you put something on on the smartphone, it's different because a lot of people have them. Not everyone, but a lot of people do. So it's different. But this type of technology, these headsets, Mm -hmm. the requirement, the, the, the connection to the internet that's required. Yeah. Not everyone has access to the internet. Yeah, exactly. So it's... It's not something you can bank on as being the wave of the future because there's a lot of parts of this planet that cannot 
handle that. There are a lot of parts of this planet who can't handle things like global warming mm -hmm. or the COVID-19 pandemic. So how are they going to go into the metaverse? Yeah, I feel like it's ignorant of the, pr the trials and tribulations of, I mean, the global south. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And just because we, you know, put this virtual headset on and transport ourselves into the metaverse doesn't make any of the problems that we're dealing with on our earth any less real. Yes. Like we can't just transport ourselves into the metaverse and forget about climate change problems yeah. or economic issues or people starving and dying or homeless people freezing in the streets or so, so many other things. I feel like this is just a way for rich people yes I, <laughs> I hesitate to say um for rich people to put on this headset go into a world they created and ignore everything that they could actually be doing to help the world with their money that they have preach queen <laughs> yes and just because soul can do it doesn't mean the world can and yeah. speaking of things you would want to forget <laughs> the last story i put in this is partly why i played that song at the beginning. Oh right? my gosh, it's all tying together. Yes, it's all tying together. According to a first-of-its-kind study published in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships, men take breakups harder than women. They suffer, <laughs> quote, more emotional pain <laughs> than women. The study found that the idea that men are supposedly less emotionally invested in relationships did not hold up as men, when they evaluated online relationship reactions or whatever, discussed heartbreak at a much higher rate than women did. Men were also more likely to look for professional help than women. The authors of the study commented that the absence of social pressures revealed that men have emotions just as or even more poignant than women do in relationships. So I will allow the woman here to go first. <laughs> what are your reactions oh, here? Thank you so much, Danny. Well, I'm not surprised by this at all. I feel like really? I could have told you this without the study. Yeah, just because... I, okay, well, I have three little brothers, so I feel that I am f pretty well-versed in the thoughts of men because of my brothers, um, and I've seen them in their relationships because my, well, I have t two twin brothers, and uh, they actually just turned 20 a few days ago, so they're oh, wow. pretty, sim they're, like, pretty up there, you know, they're not kids, so I've seen them in their, you know, real teen relationships, and they definitely take it very hard and they're very emotional. It, I think it's just because f men, because of society, tend to uh, be a little bit more sparse with their emotions uh, to the public or possibly even to their partner, you know, um, depending on how they were raised, I think is also a part of it. If they were told, you know, men don't cry or <laughs> man up, all that stuff, that could definitely affect you later down the line where you are less likely to be emotional with people that you know or the people that you're in a relationship with. But, you know, maybe if you were raised more like, it's okay to cry, then maybe you will, you know, be more forthcoming with your emotions. But either way, I'm definitely not surprised at this at all because... Well, I've, because I've been in relationships. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I feel like... You broke your boyfriend's hearts, Becca? No, but they're, they're definitely emotional. <laughs> well, <laughs> what about you, Danny? Um, what about when you got your heart well, broken? Well, I think you're right. Men are socially conditioned to repress emotion, which might be why when it all comes crashing down 
as it so often does, mm-hmm. they explode. Yeah. <laughs> they, they let it all out at once. And they're like, this is the worst heartbreak that has ever happened in the history of ever. Right. I mean, because everyone thinks our love is the greatest love ever well, felt. Yeah. That's everybody, right? Also, I think women are just better with dealing with pain. True. That's just the way, that's the way society conditions them too. I'm a very sensitive person, if you can't tell. And hopefully I think this will open eyes when it comes to viewing how the sexes handle breakups and understand that um, the males are trained to be stoic. And just because they look it doesn't mean that they aren't dying inside with their heartbreak i've been through a couple heartbreaks it's been bad it's been really bad i usually cope with um poetry elegies 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 are my favorites but (laughs) you know i've cried i've loved and lost is it better to have loved and lost than (laughs) never loved at all of course it's better to have loved and lost because you learn right it's like that um crush 40 song live and learn the, from Sonic, <laughs> from Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two. Um, you ever played that game? No. That's a fun video game. <laughs> um, I also play video games to cope. Wow. I actually play video We're games so much. About Danny so much. I play video games so much when I'm like angry. It's, it's I mean, it's a really. I mean, I'm, I'm good at video games because I played a lot. But whenever I play video games, I'm usually angry or I'm really happy. That's how you get your emotions out. Yeah. Do you um, feel like that's healthy? It is. Okay. It is healthy. Yeah. I guess it depends on what kind of video game you're playing. Are you playing like a shooting game? No. Okay. I feel like if you play that when you're angry and you're just like, you well, know, I like do. Call of Duty or something. No, I, I play Call of Duty Zombies ones. where you kill the zombies. Okay. That's, yeah. It's, it's still pretty aggressive. But it's not, you're not killing other people. You're killing people already dead. Yeah. So it's just, you know, you're just, just finishing the job. If you want to put, if you okay. want to put it nicely, that makes you feel better. If you want to put it nicely, but this is, I just hope that people just look at this and they say, "All right, you know, men have emotions too." Because I feel like I think the only people that don't know that men have emotions men. are men. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> fellow men, we do have emotions. <laughs> All you rough rider individualists, you're not special for putting everything in a bottle and throwing it away. True. You tell them, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been pr- I've always been pretty open with my emotions. Yeah, like, everyone should be. I love to cry. I I don't know if anyone else does this. I don't know if I should even be admitting this because it's kind of embarrassing. But actually, I'm not embarrassed. I take it back. I'm not embarrassed. I'm owning this. Um, I <laughs> go sometimes on. when I'm feeling a lot of emotions, whether that's like happy emotions or sad emotions or just like anxious. You know what I mean? Just like anything, I like to cry because crying is like a nice release and I don't know. I just like crying and I always feel better after I cry. So sometimes, you know, if I'm not if I'm not in a crying mood, but I feel like it'll help me, I just watch really sad videos and I cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and Oh, you're one of those My people. favorites, my favorites to watch are like um uh, wedding videos, like when the person is like walking down the aisle the... and they like mm-hmm. like the first look. I also like to watch um dogs reacting to their owners like coming back from war those ones are really good or when like there's a parent and they surprise their kid at school after coming back from war and they like are crying and they like jump into their arms oh my gosh those get me too stuff like that or like um like long distance relationships where they like meet at the airport and they like see each other and they like run and they like hug each other 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So I watch I watch those videos sometimes when I need to cry. And um, my my first two years at Hofstra, I was living in a dorm room, which I don't anymore. Thank God I have my own room to do my crying in now. But I used <laughs> to share a room. And one of my roommates, who is still one of my best friends, and I still live with her, so don't worry. She didn't stop being friends with me for this. But she used to walk into our shared bedroom, and I would just be like, crying <laughs> 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 i would just be like crying and she'd be like oh my god not this again <laughs> like again. it just happens so often but i like to cry i feel like everyone should cry yeah it makes me feel better there's some people that are just like i don't cry or i've never cried and i don't understand that at all like you're you must be so emotionally blocked up yeah. you gotta get it out and then you're gonna feel so much better that was me when i was younger i mean i'm I've always been able to shut off emotion really easily, but when it comes out, it it comes out. No, I'm Although, a pretty emotional person. I don't watch sad videos to cry <laughs> or listen. <laughs> well, maybe to you should try it. A lot of my friends, who are auspiciously all girls, listen to sad music when they want to cry, mm. and I'm like, why? Like, why? Just my thing is, if you're sad, okay, be sad, right? But there comes a point where you have to move on. You have to start picking up the pieces. Okay, but I'm not even saying that I'm sad like about a specific. No, event. I know you. It's I know it's not you. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, I've heard people like, oh, like I'm sad. I'm just gonna listen to sad music. Like, All right, but like, how long? Right? How long you're listening Sometimes to sad you music? You gotta wallow in the sad for. But a how bit. long do you wallow? Until you feel better, Danny. Okay, that's fine. But just as long as you know that you can't <laughs> wallow forever. <laughs> Yeah. Danny's like, do your wallowing somewhere else. I don't want to hear it. Look, I always say it this way, right? In a movie, when it ends, however it ends, that's it. Credits roll. That's it. You're done, right? Movie's over. Until the sequel. Yeah, but sometimes the but, movie ending is sad and you have to process here's the thing. that, Danny. Here's the thing. What? Sad or happy ending. In real life, it's not the ending. Because guess what? You have to go home. There's no credits. There's no credits in real life. The real world doesn't have neat little chapters of your life. You can try and categorize, but you can't because it's not true. There's no way to perfectly organize your experiences because they're not scripted. So you have to be able to just keep on moving, keep moving forward. You can wallow on moving forward, just keep moving forward, never go back. It's like from Shark Boy and Lava Girl when Shark Boy oh meets the gosh. sharks, he always goes, Always go forward, never go back. So the shark's what the shark tells him. Shark's right. Out of everything you could have referenced. Yeah, I'm just a walking basket of references. <laughs> but I think when it comes to breakups, right, I think especially men who maybe not are, are not as accustomed to embracing emotion openly, mm-hmm. of course they're going to like text their boys and be like, oh, she broke my heart, like I'm, I'm down bad, guys, right? <laughs> Is that what guys text each other? Yes. As a guy, I can attest to that. I'm down um, bad. I don't do it. I'm oh, above I'm that. sure. I'm, I'm above sure, that. Danny. I'm above that. I'm sure none of these experiences Danny has talked. I tell about all my so problems. Often. I tell all my emotional problems to my female friends. But which is normal, by the way. Which is what guys do. Yeah, I know. So, so yeah, I mean, sure, you're a therapist. <laughs> yes, to many. Yes, so to many men. I have many therapists. Therapists. <laughs> so. But when, I'm, when I talk to guys, it's different. And I wish it wasn't different, but it is. Yeah. Well, like, Danny, maybe you should make the first step. You'd be like, <laughs> hey, guys, let's have a feeling circle. 
No. <laughs> No. Why? They they'll be hesitant at first, but once you get them on board, it'll become a weekly, what I will say is like thing. my two best 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 friends and I are very open about things. That's good. We talk about you need somebody like that to talk about stuff. No, with. yeah, we talk about a lot of very sensitive things like in our lives, so that's good. Like I can that's do good. it, but it's, just, it's with the best of the best friends on the guy side. And then with the girl, any female friend I have. That is like, my, I'll just be like, I have a problem. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do that. You I don't meet do someone that. in class and you're like, hey, you want to hear my life <laughs> you story? Hear, you want to hear my tragedy? <laughs> She's like, please, I'm just trying to I'm learn. Just trying to take no- <laughs> I'm just trying to take notes. <laughs> but so men need to embrace that openly because the study analyzed online relationship reactions and tracked those things. But in the real world, men just have to be open. Everyone has to be open, especially men who've been, repre- who've been trained to be repressed. Mm-hmm. Embrace it. Be open about it. You know, obviously, when someone asks you, are you okay?" You say, you don't just say yes mindlessly. You say, you know, I'm going, you know, if someone, somebody you trust, you know, I'm sure they're willing to talk to you about it when they can and they're not in class. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Absolutely. One time I was I was on a show here. And they were like, oh, Danny, how are you today? I'm like, honestly, not good. And then, <laughs> and then my grandma texts me. She goes, are you okay? <laughs> and then I'm like, no, no, I said I wasn't okay because the Lakers lost. Is and that she's really like, why? Yes, because the Lakers lost l- the night before, which they didn't lose last night. Malik Monk, 27 points, 10 of 13 from the field. Oh, no. Um, Did you cry about it after? No, they won. I cr- well, oh. I could have cried tears of joy that the Lakers beat the Heat. Um Although Jimmy Butler did get hurt, so that was kind of a freebie. But back to the point, (laughs) before we wrap up, yes, just being open about your emotions, especially men, because this study shows emotions are there. That's all I have. I promise that you do have them. I I know I do. Down inside. I surely do. I mean, you see how happy I was earlier today. (laughs) So clearly I embraced them, the full spectrum. Yeah. If any, if anyone needs someone to talk to, they can come to Danny and lay their emotions on him. Great. Oh, it's like that song from Mamma Mia, Lay All Your Love On Me. <gasps> I love that song. Mama I love that song too. I love Mamma Mia. Me too. My gosh. Twins. We're learning so much about each other today. I know. Wow. <laughs> we finish each other's sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have for today. Do you have any closing thoughts, Becca? My closing thoughts are uh, vote for Big Bird when he runs. Yes, Big Bird to the moon. <laughs> and I guess buy a VR headset. Yeah. Because it's coming. We're going to Get the metaverse. <laughs> into the metaverse. <laughs> Spider-Man into the metaverse. Okay. But, uh, yep, that'll do it for the show. Thanks again, Becca. And thanks again to Rachel for her wonderful and adorable package. Danny DiVincenzo signing off. And remember, as Drizzy said, make sure to keep the young money ship never sinking. We will see you next time.